Welcome to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. Welcome back to the Progress Texas Happy Hour. I'm your host, Sam Gonzalez, and I'm joined today by Progress Texas Advocacy Director Diana Gomez, Communications Director Wesley Story, and Content Production Specialist Chris Mosier. Woo! Saturday was one heck of an event. I, for those of you out there, I'm pretty new to Progress Texas, and that bands off our bodies rally. That is one hell of a way to get thrown into a job. I'll tell you that. This is like my second month. And we're over here batting in the big leagues. And, and, and there I see Diana running the darn show. It was <laughs> practically. I just see you with a cowboy hat on stage. You, for those of you listening to the podcast, I'm sure you follow us on social media, have seen the photos, have seen the cowboy hat. It was a wonderful event, right? Yeah. I'm, and I was really honored to be uh, co emceeing the uh, Bands Off Our Bodies rally at the Capitol here in Texas. A lot of folks from all over the state came. And it was a national day of action for folks to, you know, show up, folks that were really, you know, upset at this leak, at the prospect of losing um, the right to abortion for, you know, Roe being overturned. So it was it was really great. It was intense, um, not just because there were 10,000 people and because I was wearing a cowboy hat, which I kind of <laughs> felt like I was cheating by wearing that hat because I thought, oh, my God, it's going to be so hot. And that was part of the intensity. How can I cheat and like wear a hat, but still look professional? And I thought, cowboy hat. I've never worn one before. You rocked it. It was awesome. Thank you. Right? Thank you so much. But um, yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. Um, there are so many shout outs to give, but I just wanted to start out with uh, Jimmy Green, who was the uh, other MC up there with me. We're up there yelling and, and cheering the crowds on. She is the CEO and founder of We Defend Truth, a new organization leading the fight against online disinformation. But she is also a very popular television personality um, who's always defending uh, progressive values on, on TV. And she's done, a, she's done it for about 12 years, so folks might recognize her name or her face on television as well. But yeah, it was really intense and really, really hot. I think there's uh, we've got a good idea for maybe a, a Christmas present for Wesley Story. I think might be a similar straw cowboy hat <laughs> because one thing I noticed Wesley was shooting video out there and he was in full on sun on like a 98 degree day for two whole hours. I thought it was going to melt, but he rocked it. He was all, and not even sunburned that I can tell. Yeah, I mean, I wore a lot of sunscreen ahead of time. I was baking, though. I was sweating quite a bit. It was a hot day and I mean, I expected it, but you're right. I was up there doing the Facebook Live for the Progress Texas Facebook page. So if any folks listening are interested in seeing the full rally, they can check out our Facebook page and we have the full video there. And just know that I was the guy behind the video and I was baking in the sun all for your viewing pleasure. And, and so what we're gonna do today is if you don't have the time to watch all two and a half hours, something like that, of the full show, uh, Chris has done us a service in getting the highlights, the juiciest bits of the rally to have y'all listen to, to the points that we want to get across that are of most importance, all of it's important, but these are the ones that we've chosen that we said, you know what? These are the ones we want to highlight here on this platform. So we're spending a whole episode giving you highlights, direct audio from those speeches. And the first one we're gonna talk about is Wendy Davis. Now I'm gonna pass it to you, Diana. So Wendy Davis, big deal. Everyone cheered, a lot of, for all the ones we're talking about, people are cheering. 
and excited. And I'm excited too after what she said. Yeah, she was、uh, just quickly first up in speakers, and folks were super, super pumped to、uh, start out with you know, Wendy Davis. She is a legend in Texas for folks who don't know. She's a former state senator.、Um, And, and correct me, folks, if you know, I'm missing any you know, gaps in it, but、uh, she had a very famous filibuster many, many years ago on、uh, a bill that was going through the、uh, Texas legislature、um, threatening abortion as well, wore her famous、uh, pink, I believe, sneakers in、um, many hours long filibuster. And,、uh, but besides being a champion at the state legislature, She is also the founder of a nonprofit called Deeds Not Words, which works with a lot of youth around the state and also advocates for abortion rights. Yeah, you're totally right, Diana. That 11 hour filibuster is one of the things that made her famous. And I would just add to that that, you know, a lot of younger folks, especially here in Texas, they credit that filibuster as the catalyst for getting them involved in politics, especially getting them involved in the abortion rights movement. And so it makes sense that she went on to found Deeds Not Words because she's continued to work with youth, continued to get people involved in Texas politics and politics across the nation. Honestly, I actually am a former Deeds. Not Words intern.、Um, oh. So I, I worked at Deeds Not Words under Wendy Davis, and she got me involved going to the legislature, speaking out against bad le- legislation that our lawmakers were trying to pass. She actually has been directly involved just recently filing a lawsuit against SB8.、Um, that was about a month ago, and I'm not sure what the status of that is at the moment. But、uh, let's get to the first of our four speakers. It's Wendy Davis. Now it is my honor and my privilege to introduce former state senator, founder of Deeds Not Words, Miss Wendy Davis! Hello, everyone! Thank you so much for being here today in a moment that we've been fighting against for years. A moment that we feared was coming, but somehow we still had this hope that it wasn't actually ever going to arrive. And in this moment, what I find myself thinking about as a mother and a grandmother of two granddaughters, I think about the fact that I have promised them that they could be whatever they want to be. That the world is an equal one in which they can do just as much as any boy can do. And we all got so focused on making sure that we could make that promise come true for them. We were fighting to make sure they could be paid equally, they could get into colleges and graduate schools in equal numbers, they could have equal. Seats in political bodies all over the country. And yet, while we were busy working to make sure if they had children, they could get childcare, and while we were busy working to make sure that we could have a tax credit for women who need it, who have children that they can't support, <laughs> while we were busy doing all of that behind us. There was a group of people that was working to do everything they could to make sure that that promise we had told our daughters their whole lives was a lie. 
And so now here we are in this moment where our daughters and our granddaughters are going to have less rights than we had when we were growing up. I cannot even believe we are here. And you know, it's not just our daughters and our granddaughters who are hurt by this. It is their families that they will have one day. It is the women who live in America right now who already have families that they are struggling to support. It's our black and brown sisters who are disproportionately impacted when we remove access to bodily autonomy. And you know, I know you agree with me that our rights should not depend on how much money we have in the bank. And right now, right now, that's the world that we are living in. And understandably, we are so mad. We are upset, we are grieving, and we're wondering, what do we do? And I have to say, friends, the cavalry is not coming to save us. We are the cavalry. We are. And I've been thinking uh, that same question, you know, what do we do? And I, I put some thoughts down and I hope you find some meaning in there. The first one is to show up, to show up for ourselves, for each other, for women that we have never met and will never know, for our trans men, and for people who are non-binary. We need to show up for them. Because showing up matters. Visible upset matters. Number two, I want you, if you're a daughter, to talk to your moms and your grandmoms. I want you to make sure that they understand what's at stake in this election and that they need to show up, not just for themselves, but for you and the generations behind them. When we go vote, when we go vote in the runoff on May 24th, let's make a statement. Let's make a statement that in the Democratic Party, if you don't support access to abortion, we will not support you. And moms and grandmoms, we have young women who haven't yet felt the impact of what this is going to mean in their lives. Please share your stories. If you've had an abortion, share that story with someone that you love. If you know someone who's had one, if you know what it was like to live in a pre-Roe world, please help our young people understand that. Number three, donate to abortion funds. Donate to abortion funds. Donate to abortion funds. Number four, when you go vote, please take five people with you. Five friends with you. And in each of these actions, I hope that you will be relentless. You will be relentlessly hopeful. You will relentlessly work, relentlessly volunteer, 
relentlessly donate and relentlessly vote. And most importantly, that you will educate relentlessly about where this is all leading. Because we all know that this is not where it ends. Because they are coming for us. They are coming for our LGBTQ friends and family. They are coming for our birth control. They are coming for our IUDs. They're coming for in vitro fertilization. And they're not going to be happy until they have put us back in our place. Because that's what this is all about, and we know it. Dr. Martin Luther King assured us, encouraged us, inspired us with his words that the arc of the moral universe bends toward justice. But it doesn't happen by itself. It's our responsibility to bend it for our daughters. It's our responsibility to bend it for our granddaughters. It's our responsibility to bend it for our LGBTQ partners. It's up to us to make sure that our daughters will inherit the full and equal world to which they have every right. God bless you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Wendy Davis. Uh, Wendy's amazing speech that got the event started out. Um, and next up, we're about to hear again my amazing co-MC, uh, Jimu Green, speak. It was such a pleasure to be able to MC this event with her. Uh, for folks who don't know, I'm newer to MCing. I've spoken publicly before, but to lead a whole rally with thousands of people, that's a whole other beast in and of itself. Um, but Jimu is a professional. She's been doing it for 12 years. She's been a political commentator and she goes representing the progressive voice on Fox News. Like that is a big Ooh, part of her yeah, job. That is right. so tough. Um, she's seasoned. She's another icon. And um, she's doing everyone an amazing service for, you know, being our champion out in Fox News. That's a tough place to battle. And besides that, we're also going to hear one of the board members of uh, Lilith Fund. Her name is Paige. Lilith Fund is one of the amazing uh, abortion funds out there that need a lot of support right now. Yeah, out of a uh, full day of super impassioned speakers, uh, she really stuck with me, Paige did, after the event as someone who really, really managed to channel that uh, that anger and uh, really turn that into very convincing power. Here comes Jamu Green introducing Paige Alexandria. Okay, I have another thank you. I have to say personally, thank you to Planned Parenthood. Because when I was 18, growing up here in Austin, Texas, when I was 18 and got pregnant and knew I was not ready to be a mother, didn't have a job, didn't have money, my friends came to my assistance and Planned Parenthood was there for me when I needed an abortion. Thank you, Planned Parenthood. And today, 
We have abortion funds doing that work for us. So I need each of you to pull out your phone and go to needabortion.org and support the work that abortion funds are doing for women like me who are in need. I want to introduce Paige Alexandria. Paige is on the board of the Lilith Fund, the abortion fund that serves us right here in Austin and also a former patient. Hey everyone, those anti-choicers are being real loud, but can we be louder? You say build power, okay? Fund abortion! Fund abortion! Fund abortion! All right, my name is Paige Alexandria, and I'm on the board of the Lilith Fund, which is the oldest abortion fund serving the central and southern regions of Texas. I'm also a queer parent who received assistance from the Lilith Fund for my own abortion in 2016. At Lilith Fund, we provide financial assistance to Texans seeking abortions, and since the six-week ban went into effect last September, we've been doing everything we can to ensure our clients can still access abortion. We will always do everything we can to ensure our clients are supported because we know that the people that we count on are not in this building behind us. No, the only people that we can count on are each other. Can we count on all of you? Abortion was already extremely difficult to access in Texas. Our clients, most who are black and brown women, Parents and low-income earners are forced to undergo mandatory ultrasounds, a 24-hour waiting period, bias, state-mandated counseling, and they can't use their private or state insurance to pay for it. Since the six-week ban decimated abortion access across our state, our clients have been hurting now more than ever. We've been covering most people's procedures in full so that they don't have to cancel a reschedule, which can often push access further and further away. Most of our clients have no choice but to go out of state. Each month, over a thousand Texans travel to another state to have a perfectly safe procedure that could be performed locally to them. The folks that don't have the privilege of traveling out of state, many who are parents, young people, poor people, black people, disabled people, trans and non-binary people, they have no choice but to continue pregnancies they weren't ready for, didn't consent to, or aren't safe for them to continue. Contrary to some well-intended but harmful messaging, abortion bans, especially abortion bans like this, do stop people from getting abortions. They stop the people who need them the most. Is that okay? Fuck no. But you know what? Here in Texas, we've been living in a post-world world for a long fucking time. And we have an entire coalition of abortion funds, practical support organizations, and providers who are here to help you get the resources that you need. 
We have been bullied, intimidated, threatened out of doing our work, but we will always be here to support you. You can always count on abortion funds. Thank you. If you've had an abortion, I fucking love you. That's Paige Alexandria of the Lilith Fund, well-known abortion rights activist and writer and clearly impassioned advocate for reproductive rights from the Bands of Our Bodies rally from last Saturday. You heard that stuff in the background? I mean, (laughs) that was a little intense for me. And I I saw, I guess there was counter-protesters over there that were making all sorts of noise. And I didn't really understand what they were trying to do, but I just know that halfway through, they just gave up. Like, Chris, you had mentioned to me, it's like, oh yeah, it's the counter-protesters. And I was like, oh, okay. And about, I would say a quarter through the program, they were dispersed. They were gone. And it was a lovely thing. I was like, they couldn't handle the heat. Wesley could handle the heat. (laughs) <laughs> but but they couldn't. And, and and they're supposed to believe in this stuff? Not as hard as we believe in our stuff. There was a moment where Diana kind of exhorted the crowd to not engage with the counter-protesters. Now, before we continue, I want to bring up a thing I brought up earlier, and that's people power. Now, we have some folks here protesting against us. They might yell, but we are louder, are we not? And I want to ask y'all, I want to ask y'all two things. One, let's not engage with them, okay? They are not worth our time, all right? Let's not engage with them. If folks want to redirect their energy, it's to fighting back against people who are taking away our right to abortion access, right? Talk about that, Diana, in terms of, you know, what's the, when, if you're at an event like this and you run up against opposition, you know, how to handle that, because some people want to, you know, some people want to fight. Yeah. So uh, a big part of emceeing is not just introducing people, but things happening at the very last minute and having to figure out how to deal with it and then make announcements to the crowd. In all the preparation for it, I know anti-abortion protesters are a nuisance in every sense of the word, but um, totally forgot that they would probably show up. And when a bunch of them did, noticed a good amount of our folks who were there started gravitating towards them um, and and yelling back at them. And they were, because they were yelling terrible, you know, things. And uh, Diana from from Planned Parenthood Texas Votes was like, hey, can you yell something out? Get them away from them, you know, disengage. And I was like, okay. So I just had to come up with something on the fly. I hadn't talked about people power before and how much power we hold and just wanted to remind folks of the power that we do hold and that we are bigger and louder and more powerful than they are and we can overcome this and to ignore them at this moment, to not engage with them, not get into you know physical fights because we have a lot more of our own fights to, to deal with uh, this year. I told Diana, you know, after the program that that was one of my favorite moments in the entire rally because I thought that she did a really great job about centering us back, talking about the reason that we were all there. We were there to be in community with one another. Um, This is a really difficult time for a lot of people, but we were there to rally. We were there to empower one another. And so we didn't want for those counter protesters to distract from the message, to distract us from one another and what we were there to do, which was to support each other. 
Twitter. Um, and one of the moments that I really enjoyed that really, I guess, highlighted that support for one another was when a group of lawmakers all went up and stood in front of the crowd together. You know, Sam, you talked about how I can handle the heat. Well, our Democratic state lawmakers, they've shown that they can handle the heat too in the Texas legislature. So a little bit about this group. We had five lawmakers up standing together. Um, first, we had State Senator Carol Alvarado. Um, she's actually in Senate District 6 in Harris County. We also had State Rep Donna Howard in House District 48, which is in Austin. Rep Celia Israel, who's in House District 50, also in Austin. She's actually running for Austin mayor as well. And then two other state representatives, we had Rep Cheryl Cole in District 46 in Austin, and then Gina Hinojosa, who's in District 49. So coming up here, we'll hear uh, first Carol Alvarado, and then after that, Donna Howard. Good morning. Good morning, Texas. Today is May the 14th, 2022. If you feel like you've just walked onto the set of The Handmaid's Tale, well, you're right. But see, these Texas women, we've been in this fight for a long time. In case you didn't know, Texas women are tough. You think about Ann Richards, Barbara Jordan, Wendy Davis, Leticia Vandepute, and these women up here. So let's talk about what's been going on in Texas. You see, after Roe v. Wade was into law, shortly after that in 1977, Texas passed a law allowing hospitals to refuse to perform abortions. Then in 1999, Texas passed a law requiring parents of women under the age of 18 to be notified. Fast forward, 2003. 2003, Texas mandated a 24-hour waiting period. You know how long gun advocates like Moms Demand Action and others and many of us have been asking for a 24-hour period for someone to buy a gun? But we have a 24-hour waiting period if you want an abortion and you have to sit and read a brochure that's very misleading. What they're telling us is that women aren't smart enough to make their own decision. You have to sit, wait 24 hours and read a brochure. But guess what? We're going to show them how smart we are in November. And then recently, recently, the governor used the pandemic to say that abortion services were unnecessary procedures. So you see, this has been building up. And then, oh wait, it gets better. And then the mother of all bills, el mas chingón de todos, Senate Bill 8 comes along, where you ban abortion when people don't, when women don't even know that they're pregnant, and then you allow bounty hunters to go after people who are helping women get an abortion. Bounty hunters. So for the first time in modern history in, in America, you're going to have a population, half of a population that has less rights than the other half. We're not going to stand for it. We're not going to take it. And let's just put it simple like this. Whether you are for abortion or not, my God, at least stand for the fact that women should control and own their own bodies. Our, our constitutional right to body, bodily autonomy is being stripped away with every strike of the gavel in legislative bodies across the nation. 
We cannot give up. We cannot stop. We deserve the respect and we deserve to make our own choices. Say it with me. My body, my choice. My body, my choice. My body, my choice. Thank you. Let's give it up for State Representative Donna Howard. I want to thank all of you for being here with us today. It is so incredibly wonderful to see all of you here supporting us. These women up here have been working tirelessly for years, and I want to introduce them as well. We have State Representative Celia Israel, State Representative Cheryl Cole, and State Representative Gina Hinojosa. And I also want to give a shout out to Constable Stacy Suits, who's with us today, ensuring that we have the right to gather and protest and do it safely. I know what it was like before Roe v. Wade because I came of age before Roe v. Wade. I remember the whispered conversations about pregnancy and abortion. I remember unmarried women being unable to access birth control or having to get our father's signature to obtain a credit card even when we were supporting ourselves. I remember what it was like to have our plans, our educational and employment dreams thrown out the window because of an unexpected pregnancy. Roe v. Wade changed all of that. After Roe, after Roe, women were free to decide for themselves whether or not they wanted to have a child and if or when they wanted to start a family. We were finally free to make our own decisions about our bodies and our futures, chart our own destinies. And let me just remind you, that is a freedom that sperm donors have always had and will continue to have. The right to seek abortion care has been critical to our equal participation in society. Possessing the freedom of self-determination, having autonomy over one's own body is foundational to democracy and to self-governance itself. We up here are in the fight of our lives in this building. We know they will not stop with Roe. They're already talking about banning contraceptives and in vitro fertilization. And some are unbelievably even calling for the criminalization of women who seek abortions. And the constitutional privacy protection which would be scrapped with the overturn of Roe sets a very dangerous precedent to go after and overturn other privacy protections. Same-sex marriage, interracial marriage, and access to contraceptives. Meanwhile, the so-called pro-life movement has done the bare minimum to protect life after birth in our state. Those of us up here have worked tirelessly to improve access to quality healthcare services in our state. We have begged, literally begged through tears on the House floor for our Republican colleagues to join and expand access to birth control so we can avoid unexpected pregnancies in the first place, but to no avail. Instead, we've continued to funnel millions of state dollars into sham programs like Alternatives to Abortion and Operation Lone Star. 
We have had one of the highest rates of uninsured people in the country, and women die at a higher rate from pregnancy-related complications than in most other states. And yet, these long-stated facts have not been enough to convince these so-called pro-life, pro-family conservatives to increase access and funding to programs that we know will help Texas families. Our biggest mistake has been that on that day, a half a century ago when Roe was decided, a half a century ago, we did not begin our fight to protect that right. We've relied on the courts, but now we find ourselves here in Texas after passage of Senate Bill 8 without the constitutional protection that's guaranteed to every other American in our country. The Supreme Court has turned its back on us. Congress has been unable to pass legislation to protect us, and it's now going to be up to state legislatures and state elected officials who are our last line of defense. We must show them our rights are no longer up for debate because they should never have been in the first place. Yeah. We have the power to make sure that our government is made up of individuals who represent and reflect our values. If we want our government to boldly stand up for every person's right to control their own destiny, then we need to elect people who will do that. We need to elect more pro-choice progressive candidates and vote out those who by their draconian actions have brought us here today. We must elect candidates who will support families by increasing access to the resources and services that they need to thrive. Today, we will raise our voices. Today, we can be angry. And also, today and tomorrow, we will get to work. We will register to vote and become deputy voter registrars so that we can register more voters. We will talk to our friends and our family and our neighbors about these issues, and we will not be afraid or intimidated. Pro-choice is pro-life. Pro-choice is pro-family. Pro-choice is pro-democracy. The Republicans may hold the majority in this building up here, where they've committed their crusade to erode our rights. But we up here, all of you here, we represent the majority of Texans who want to protect access to safe and legal abortion. The stakes are too high for us to fail. Our future and the future of our children and grandchildren hang in the balance. We will prove that our right to control our own destiny will not be stripped away from us. I believe each and every one of you has the power to change the future. I hope you stand with me, with us, as we continue in our fight. I am with you. We are with you. We are the majority. And we're not going back. So it was really great hearing from that amazing group of uh, legislative champions that we have in that capital that can be such a terrifying place, right? Especially knowing that that's where the original SB8 abortion ban came out of. Um, but it was really great to, to hear from those women. Now we're about to hear from a couple, not just men, but you know, one current congressional representative and one newish congressional representative. Um, he hasn't officially been announced. 
um, as elected, but you know, we'll probably win. And I'm talking about Representative uh, Lloyd Doggett and Greg Kassar. Now, a lot of folks talk about the importance of you know opening up this movement, abortion advocacy, to not just you know straight uh, you know cis women. It's important to know that everybody knows somebody, loves somebody who's had an abortion, so it affects us all. Uh, there are folks who identify as women who have abortions. There are folks who identify as men who have abortions too. Um, folks who are trans, folks who are uh, gender non-binary. Um, and it's important that we are as inclusive as possible. And we had an amazing abortion storyteller as well, um, who we have had on our podcast before, Adri, uh, who uh, is trans and who uh, gave their abortion story and it was so powerful. Um, so I'm really excited to um, introduce these next couple of uh, speakers uh, just to show the variety and how big the tent needs to be of folks supporting access to abortion. Welcome patriots! Every person, every time, has the fundamental constitutional freedom to control their own bodies. Too many Texans have already felt the pain of SB8, the cruel Republican vigilante law, and now the same Republican-dominated Supreme Court that has twice outrageously permitted that law to stand want to usher in a new era of wrongs. If, they, if the Republicans obtain a majority in our Congress, they will likely advance a national abortion ban and far-reaching restrictions on the contraception that we now count on. Though, though stopped yesterday, last week, a committee in the Louisiana State Legislature approved a bill that would allow prosecution of a woman who has an abortion for murder. Right here in this building in January, we can expect one bit of restriction after another that is advanced by so-called pro-life Republicans whose interest in life seems to end with birth. Since they so regularly deny health care and child care and everything that is needed to nourish a young Texan. Ours is a really big fight and it requires a big tent. The way we fight is to convince others to join our cause, turning our outrage into engagement, turning our anger into action and into votes. Today, today right here, all of us, we're, we gather strength from one another at a rally like this, but none of us need to be convinced today. What we have to do is overcome the reality that elsewhere in Texas, their lies are selling better than our truths. And going forward, as we relate the powerful stories we've heard today, and as we relate our arguments, the standard for each of us to preserve the fundamental right of privacy must be focused on whether it is convincing to those who didn't come out today. This must not just be about our venting our justifiable anger. We must add to our ranks that we need ultimately to win in elections and not drive away anyone that could help us. Because it's clear we're not going to win this battle in the courthouse. We have to win it at the ballot box. As a state senator here, as a congressman in Washington, 
I remain committed 100% to my 100% lifetime pro-choice record. I am a sponsor of the Women's Health Protection Act and many other bills to stop the wrongs. But let's be honest with, our, with ourselves. One woman, Kirsten Sinema, one man, Joe Manchin, by defending the filibuster are stopping that law. So we have a struggle that continues, that we must continue marching for freedom and marching to the polls. And what we need in Washington are reinforcements. We have a great reinforcement, a leader, a partner for Austin. I'm pleased to uh, present to you Congressman-elect Greg Kassar. Let's hear it for Congressman Lloyd Doggett for fighting for us for decades. I'm Greg Kassad, and I'm your abortion rights nominee for the United States Congress. Now I'm going to ask you all to get real loud here for a second, but first I'm going to ask us to get quiet for a moment because I want to give my remarks thinking of those loved ones whose lives have been so changed and so impacted by the ability to get an abortion. And I want everybody here to think of your abortion story or your loved ones that this has been so important for. So let's just think about that for one second. Center that person. And now I want to hear real loud if you agree. Abortion is a human right. Everyone loves someone who's had an abortion. And we're never gonna give up on one another. Texans brought us Roe v. Wade 50 years ago. When Sarah Weddington, she was a recent UT law grad, sued then District Attorney Henry Wade. She had never taken a case to court before, but she took it all the way to the Supreme Court and won. Texans brought us abortion rights across this country, and it's sure as hell gonna be Texans that defend them. This state, our people, have learned a lot of lessons over the years in the most oppressive conditions. We have learned to take care of one another, especially working Texans and black and brown Texans, and we're gonna need that now more than ever. Roe v. Wade bought us 50 years, 50 years of valuable time to codify abortion rights into federal law. We haven't gotten it done yet, and it is clear that time is running out. This leaked opinion is a wake-up call, a moment for us to recognize that our whole nation must be mobilized like never before. This is the moment for us to organize the majority of Americans that believe that abortion is health care, that believe that abortion care is human rights. And now the question is before us, is it up to us to do this work? Will we support our abortion funds? Will you support and fund Planned Parenthood and our abortion providers? Are we going to march and rally and strike and fight until our voices are heard and shake the halls of power? The civil rights movement was not won with one election. The suffrage movement was not won in one single year of rallies. The labor movement was not built with one bill or one law. The same is true for us 
right now. This is a decades-long movement, and we're gearing up for the next decade here today. Of course, we must vote, but we have to be part of something much bigger than that. We must make a joint commitment to the long struggle for reproductive freedom and for justice. It will take every single one of us to fight week after week, year after year, but I can promise one thing to you. It is worth it. Our movement is worth it so that we can not only guarantee abortion rights, but repeal the Hyde Amendment so that every person, no matter their income, can have abortion care. Our movement is worth it. Our movement is worth it to provide health care for every man, woman, and child in this country as a human right and not as a privilege. Our movement is worth it to expand the Supreme Court so that we are no longer ruled by Trump appointees with no regard for working class people. Our movement is worth it to build a democracy that respects you whether you are black, brown, or white, LGBTQIA, or immigrant. A movement to make sure everyone is paid a living wage and has parental leave and can afford to live. A movement that can save our planet and save our futures. We can build a world where we're no longer on defense trying to protect rights of decades past, but build a truly better future for ourselves and for our descendants. That is reproductive justice. That is freedom. That is what we're fighting for. This is our state. This is our home. We're not going anywhere. We're going to organize like hell for it. Am I right, Austin, Texas? Our movement is worth it. Thank you all so very much. And what a way to end that speech, man. Kassar was fired up. I, I remember watching it and seeing how passionate both the speakers were. And it made me look at myself and realize that I once was caught in the trap of, well, abortion rights is a women's issue, broadly women, that's all I thought, right? But this issue is much more than just women. It's men, it's transgender, it's every person. It's an every person issue. And it's one thing for myself to say, oh, I'll let them take care of it. I learned and they were a good example of, no, you gotta take care of it too. You gotta be proactive in this movement and you have to support on all fronts. And that's something that all of the speakers really, really hammered down and I really appreciated how that sense of unity for everyone to support this, for everyone to be protected, that was something that was most beautiful out of this whole thing. And ultimately, and I, and I love the way that one of our releases, I think it was an email that we put out, it was like, we protested, now what? Because sometimes you get that feeling, you're riled up, you're fired up, you're good to go. And so what do we do now with all this fire? How do we keep the pressure on? And how do we make the moves to get the people that are not only accepting of abortion, but pro-abortion into positions of power? It's such an important point. The fight does not end after we march. The fight does not end after we rally. I think a lot of people think, you know, I, I brought my protest signs. I went and I yelled and I screamed and I got my energy out and that's the end of it. But there's so much more that has to be done after this. So number one, we need to vote for lawmakers who will champion abortion rights. We've talked a little bit about some of those lawmakers just now. We need more of them. We do not have enough legislators in the Texas Capitol. We don't have enough folks in Congress who are fighting for Texans' abortion rights. And so that is what we need to do in this election that's currently happening in the runoff primary runoff election and again in November. Yes, definitely. And 
One of the things I've said before is one of the ways that we fight back is choosing elected officials who are brave enough to fight alongside us and with us and for us as well. Um, I know a lot of folks, you know, there's a lot going on right now and it's really tough to hear like, oh, just vote, but it's not about just voting. It's about voting for those specific candidates who are unapologetic advocates for abortion. Um, A lot of the reason why we're here is because folks haven't been as abortion out loud as they should have been. Abortion is normal. Like I said, everyone knows and loves someone who's had an abortion. Um, you know, it's it's been around for a long time. No matter what law is is passed or not, abortions have happened and they will continue to happen. It's a normal part of healthcare, and we need to normalize it and to continue to normalize it and to put pressure on politicians to stand up for those rights because things like this are going to continue to happen unless we're all in this fight together, the folks voting and the folks that we're choosing. And really beyond that, you know, going back to like ending the stigma around abortion, we need to continue having conversations about abortion, not just in the political space, but with our friends, with our family members, with anybody who will listen to us, anybody who's willing to have that conversation, because that's how we get folks to change their minds. And that's how we get people to honestly join our side. Yeah, 100%. And want to do a quick plug for um, our campaign that we've launched around all of this called Revolution. Uh, we have some cool stickers and a website, revolution.org. Um, and it has a, a petition folks can sign to pledge to vote for pro-abortion candidates. Um, and we're going to be talking a lot more about this campaign, about next steps. And if folks out there are ever looking for resources on Um, abortions or abortion funds, Uh, there's another great resource called needabortion.org. And so be sure, if you're interested to learn more about the revolution, you can join the revolution. Go to progresstexas.org forward slash revolution. That's R-O-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N. Join the revolution today and be sure to keep up with all of our information that we're putting out there constantly about this ongoing issue that definitely needs your support. Diana, Wesley, Chris, thank you for lending your insights today. To all the speakers who spoke at the rally, thank you so much if you're listening now. And to everybody listening, I've been Sam Gonzalez. Thanks for joining us. And be sure to head over to progresstexas.org to follow us there and go to all of our social medias. Just look up Progress Texas. Subscribe to those things there. Go to our email list. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, be sure to leave us a like, a subscribe, five stars, a thumbs up. They all have different positives. Just give us the best positive you can if you love us. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening once again, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Progress Texas Happy Hour is a production of Progress Texas, a rapid response media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. Find us online at progresstexas.org and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The podcast is produced by me, Chris Mosier, and our featured music is by Walker Lukens. Please be sure and subscribe to the Progress Texas Happy Hour on the podcast platform of your choice. Take a moment to leave us a review if you've enjoyed the show and be sure and tell your friends about us. Thanks for listening and for all you do to press progress forward here in the Lone Star State. We'll see you again next week.